With so much negativity being yielded at the youth of our nation, it seems hard to find any signs of a bright future. Coming from a legendary past, the new generation of Bahamians seek to take this nation to heights it's never seen. That's where the youth perspective comes in. We seek to display tomorrow's leaders in every facet of society. Each show will focus on today's pace setters, trendsetters, movers, and shakers, and the next generation of great, impactful Bahamians. We seek to uplift, motivate, and encourage our listeners. Tune in as we address issues of importance with wisdom and intelligence, all from the youth perspective. Special good evening is extended to you and yours. Uh, we thank you so much for locking it in. Thanks so much for tuning in right here on the Youth Perspective. Yours truly, Cashing and Jamal in your company. It's season six, ladies and gentlemen. And we thank you so much for joining us on the special edition of the Youth Perspective. And of course, we join the globe, really. And of course, uh, persons across the Bahamas as we continue to share information about COVID-19. And we have lots of information we're going to share with you uh, this evening. So listen up uh, to the radio and, of course, uh, some of the information you've already heard. But we want to just reiterate it uh, for persons listening in this evening. So we're going to feature Dr. Philip Swan on the show this evening. He is the registrar attached to the chief medical officer in the Ministry of Health. And he was featured earlier this week on the show Joining Hands for Health. And uh, we wanted to be able to ask some just common questions, FAQs, if you will, frequently asked questions about COVID-19 and just putting it out there for the listening audience to be aware of. So I guess first and foremost, uh, we wanted to get this information from Dr. Philip Swan in terms of what is COVID-19 and what symptoms are associated with the virus. Thank you for the invitation. The COVID-19, which is formerly known as the novel coronavirus or 2019 NCOV, is, is a coronavirus. I Meaning what coronavirus is, it's a large family of viruses that are found in both animals and humans. Um, we know that some infect people and are known to cause illnesses ranging from the common cold to severe diseases, severe diseases in the past that has been um, caused or have been caused by coronaviruses include the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or MERS and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, SARS. When you talk about the symptoms, symptoms include a fever, a cough, a shortness of breath, there's difficulty breathing, um, runny nose of course, sneezing, and um, some persons have some element of vomiting as well that can occur with it. And in, in um, some cases, it's important that as we look at this virus, that we understand which persons are most at risk. So there's a long laundry list, I guess you can say, of persons, um, and to take some time to go through it because a number of persons in our community uh, may be may fall into this category. Mm-hmm. And again, these are just persons who are more susceptible to having more severe disease. Not that yeah. these persons will get infected or that they will have a more severe disease. Okay. Just the persons that we want to keep a specific eye on mm-hmm. because we know from history of experience in some locations, these are some of the, um, the high-risk persons. So these are okay. persons who are 70 or older, mm-hmm. regardless of their medical conditions. Persons who are under 70 with an underlying health condition. Um, there is a chronic 
respiratory, res respiratory diseases such as asthma, uh, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema or bronchitis, chronic heart disease such as heart failure, chronic kidney disease, chronic liver disease such as hepatitis, um, chronic neurological conditions such mm. as Parkinson's disease, um, cerebral palsy, or persons even with a learning disability, diabetes, persons who have problems with their spleens, so persons with sickle cell disease who may have had their spleens removed or those mm. who may have been traumatically removed as of some other condition, those with a weakened immune system um, that's, that can result in stuff like HIV and AIDS, mm -hmm. persons on medicines um, such as taking steroid tablets mm -hmm. or like asthma or persons on chemotherapy, mm -hmm. um, those who are pregnant and most curiously, uh, being seriously overweight. So that's a person with a body mass of, or BMI of an index 40 or above. So on the BMI chart, that's obese 3 or higher. It's so very vital to know how is COVID-19 actually transmitted between person to person. So COVID-19, again, is a respiratory illness. And so it's, it is um, believed at this time that transmission occurs primarily by respiratory droplets. Mm -hmm. um, so... It may be spread from person to person. Um, if an per individual is in close contact with another individual who has the virus. Mm -hmm. um, also, again, I mentioned by sneezing, mm -hmm. persons sneeze into the air, cough into the air, mm -hmm. laugh into the air, and the droplets land on surfaces. If within that um, time period in which the virus remains viable, um, and another individual who is not infected touches mm -hmm. those surfaces with their hands, um, you know, hand to other mucus membranes that is the main charge mm -hmm. i mean main avenue in which uh, transmission occurs so they pick up the viruses on their hands and then as a result of that they in the course of talking course mm -hmm. of laughing again wipe their eyes then they can um, introduce it into their bodies um, what would happen is there's an incubation period of one to 14 days with signs tend to show up within the third between the third and tenth day um, of having post exposure uh, so those are the things that we keep in mind as we, when we do our contact tracing. And of course, uh, throughout all the news mediums, P PSAs and other forms of media, we've been encouraging the general audience to practice uh, sneeze and cough etiquette. It's so very important that we practice real good hygiene and, of course, cough and sneeze etiquette. So, I mean, one of the things that we encourage persons to do is, as you, as you mentioned, is that pop practice of proper um, cough etiquette, mm -hmm. uh, which is that you preferably, if you were to sneeze, um, or have to sneeze, sneeze into the crook of your elbow mm -hmm. um, where no one really touched. Um, if you don't have that capacity and you want to use tissue, then you can sneeze into tissue, discard the tissue in a closed receptacle. Mm -hmm. Then what you do is you wash your hands. Because, again, your hands would have become infected because you all, all the sneeze didn't get in that tissue. So your hands are still infected. So the best thing is, uh, if, you are, if you have to sneeze, use the crook of your elbow. Is there anything else that we could do um, as a nation, as a country, as individuals, to be able to prevent COVID-19? So the main thing that we're trying to do at this point in time is, um, well, let's start at the basics. Wash your hand. Cover your sneeze, cover your cough or sneeze. And, of course, stay at home if you are feeling sick. And some of the services, as you mentioned earlier, that can be contaminated mm -hmm. and should be routinely disinfected mm -hmm. rather are door handles, faucets, toilets, um, elevator buttons, monitors, mouses, um, and desks, uh, keyboards, telephones. I mean, the ones on a desk as well as the cell phone, microwaves, handrails, persons like to you know, walk and hold on to. And, again, if you're sick, 
you know, stay at home. We know we talk about the use of sanitizers or disinfectants, and we would like to promote the idea of washing hands. For those businesses out there that have bathrooms in them, we encourage you to ensure that soap, well as hand towels to dry, persons can dry their hands appropriately. But so in washing your hands, we encourage you to thoroughly wet your hands, use soap. It doesn't have to be antibacterial because this is the biotech. Um, lather and scrub for 20 seconds, and that means that you sing out a happy birthday to yourself. But, you know, a little in, in nursery lime, rhyme or dinty that lasts for about 20 seconds, and then you rinse your hands for 10 seconds, and then you add a towel or air dry and appropriately dispose of that, um, that thing. But also key in the washing of hands, after you've turned off the, off the, the tap, Oh, so after you've dried your hand, only then do you use that towel to turn off the faucet. You mm -hmm. don't turn off the faucet before, but you We've been hearing about this term known as social distancing. Uh, the prime minister in his latest address uh, he spoke to it and, of course, uh, uh, sharing different aspects of society, different events, different organizations, and how it's so important. So social distancing is definitely one of the... Um things, I guess you could say, one of the practices the Ministry of Health is promoting. Um, and that means that you are basically maintaining a safe distance between you and anyone else in your immediate surroundings. So right now, if I reach across the table and you reach across the table to me, our fingertips barely, our fingertips don't touch good social distance. At least six, five, well, six feet um, from each other. And so as we talk about social distancing, it's the, the reason is the reason that we, the reason that we do it prevent the spread of disease and infections, um, and also to show that if someone coughs or sneezes, a regular cough or sneeze doesn't travel for greater than five feet, um, and so it's the chances of it falling directly onto you. Uh, and so, so one of the things that you want to do, especially those who are still at work, um, is to avoid. In-person meetings as far as possible, online conferencing or emails or WhatsApps or the phone when possible, to in the same building. And if you have to have meetings, in-person meetings, um, they should be short in a large meeting room where people can sit for three, at least three or three feet or so away from each other and of course avoid shaking hands. Um, what we would have found on the Ministry of Health convened its EOC on, we moved our meeting from the conference room, which is a little tight place, into mm -hmm. the cafeteria. So there's plenty of space to be able to practice and maintain our social distance. Um, we also require persons or suggest persons eliminate unnecessary travel or cancel and, and postpone non-essential travel, gatherings, workshops, and training sessions. So, you know, the ministry is in the process of trying to have a series of training. Um, was in the process, rather. We've had to cancel or postpone yes. those but until they get past this hump. Um, we also ask persons not to congregate in workrooms. So, getting meeting spaces... Um, if there's someone using a copy of wait till that person has left that alcove or that area before you go into that area with them. Again, keep as far as possible, keep about six feet apart from you and somebody else. Um, bring your bring your lunch and eat it at your desk. Don't go into a, a lunch room or cafeteria if it's a closed area or a small closed kitchen area. And as far as possible, you can avoid public transportation. You have to use transportation, use it during the non-peak hours. If it means a little sacrifice and leaving home a bit earlier or having an arrangement with your boss to get in a little later uh, so that you can avoid that, those traffic, um, high traffic areas. And again, limit recreational or other leisure activities and meeting activities where close contact with other persons uh, is likely. And one of the major things that we also did was we kept children home from school. That is a one way of keeping them from being... Um, you know, close and sharing the germs. Children are not necessarily um, affected or um, as well as much affected or got, get as sick as much, I should say. Um, they can still be carriers. It's very important that we continue to share uh, these COVID 
19 hotline numbers. So very important. 242-376-9350 between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And that's 376-9350, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., daylight hours. And 246-376-9387 between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m., which is overnight. That's 9387 for the overnight hours, 376-9387. And we're asking persons to call the hotline primarily if you have a question about whether or not you may be infected. Um, and that's because if you've traveled and you want to get some advice as to what the next step is, then we ask you to call that hotline. That hotline will give you specific advice as to what your risk um, profile is mm -hmm. and then make recommendations as to what is the next step you should take in this process. Uh, we, if you feel like going to the hospital, we prefer that you call this line first, have a conversation with you, and then also we can prepare the hospital or whatever facility you're being referred to that you are coming so the appropriate preparations are made to receive you and, um, and make sure that there's no one else put at risk um, when you come to that facility. In addition, we have other numbers that if you want just general information about a disease, we ask you to call those numbers and not these hotline numbers, surveillance unit numbers. Um, uh, 502, sorry, 242-502-502, sorry, 4790, um, 242-502-4776, or 242-502-4737. And this is for general information. If you just want to find out, well, you know, what can I do to protect myself? You know, what are some advice you can give me? Call those numbers. But if you have a specific illness-related question, we ask you to call a hotline. They want to keep those two things separate because oh. you want to ensure that persons who need to get through to the hotline mm -hmm. has access to the hotline. And these are cell numbers. So those persons who are, are deaf can also WhatsApp their messages mm -hmm. and get some responses from them as well. Important that we try to, as far as possible, um, have access for our persons who are differently able in the community. Now, what about those persons who... Uh, would feel some type of symptoms, and they would want to, to rush right out. They would want to go to their nearest clinic, go to their nearest hospital, and uh, be able to get care right away. What is your uh, particular advice uh, to these persons and these individuals? Call okay. the hotline first. And if you're unable to get through to the hotline and you call your primary care provider and have that conversation with him or her at their office. And the hotline numbers again are 242-376-9350 for 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and 242-376-9387 for 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Now, you mentioned this issue about quarantine and, and isolation, yes. self-isolation. So you can imagine that similar to your common cold mm -hmm. or the flu, um, per, a number of persons will have symptoms, signs and symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, we mentioned that uh, the what makes you a case, uh, a suspected case, if you have had contact with someone who has been diagnosed as having had COVID-19, a positive COVID-19 case. Mm -hmm. that, historic, that, that is historically what it is we have been doing. Unfortunately, we've had one or two persons, or at least one, but the first case that we had mm -hmm. um, had no direct history of travel. And so we have to now figure out, and um, we're doing our contact tracing mm -hmm. to figure out who is the index case, because she would not be index case, she'd be case number one. Mm -hmm. uh, in the next case, we've got to find out who, who gave her the, the COVID-19 um, COVID mm -hmm. infection. And so we're going through a process. We are screening, I think, the numbers up to 30 mm -hmm. individuals who are part of that initial contact tracing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, network, so to speak. Um, these are persons that she's been in contact with mm -hmm. over the last uh, the period in which she first develops 
prior to when she first developed symptoms, mm-hmm. rather. And of course, the persons who would have been exposed afterwards, that also have been added to that number, uh, specifically healthcare workers. Kids are home, parents are home, lots of persons are off from work. Uh, how do we properly isolate or self-quarantine ourselves, even if we don't necessarily feel any effects from the virus, um, but of course, you know, we want to take that extra precaution. Correct. So you're right about that, that getting back to that question. What is this isolation or quarantine? Mm-hmm. So the quarantine, uh, one is, um, one is uh, isolation is what happens with you when the system isolates. You put you in isolation as mm-hmm. you've been diagnosed with some risk of some infectious procedure, mm-hmm. of a sexist infectious condition, and we're putting you somewhere in isolation, physically in isolation. There we watch you and make sure you stay in isolation. Quarantine and self-isolation is where we request that you do such okay. similar, similar type of activity, but we don't necessarily police it. We rely on you to be honest about the circumstance and mm-hmm. the, the risk that you um, provide to the, that you may have um, to the, again, we don't, we don't know that you have something. We think right. you may have something, so we want to keep to yourself as far as possible. Now, you know, in our context, especially in our post-Orient, so there are a lot of families cohabiting, persons mm-hmm. of extended families. Mm-hmm. We are saying, basically, that use this as an opportunity to, to strengthen your hurricane preparation. So you know that if something was to happen to your house, you need to go somewhere yes. to stay, and you make those arrangements prior to... Right the hurricane coming. Right now, if you know that someone in your house is going to be sick, you need to make arrangements for somewhere you can go for two weeks. Either you can go, or the persons in your family can go, or you can decrease the numbers in your household, Mm -hmm. especially those at-risk persons in your household, so they have little to no exposure to you over that time period. Because the idea is we want you to be in a place where you are in, if it's in your bedroom, stay in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in the bedroom, so you can stay in the bedroom for your 14 days. And then after the 14 days have have expired, you can do do a disinfection process. Um, But also, if you only have one bathroom in the home, then, of course, that means you have to share the bathroom. So arrange times when you are going into the bathroom, but also ensure that the bathroom is disinfected after you've used it. So um, as far as possible... Um, have a process in which you go in to do all your all your bathroom toileting <laughs> at the same time every day for the same time period and just once a day as far as possible. Um, and so that when it's disinfected, it is f- safe for others to use right. for the remainder of the day. And a person who is disinfecting the bathroom should wear some protective, um, personal protective um, equipment. Now, it's important um, also as the uh, most honorable doctor Hubert A. Minnis uh, shared about uh, this idea of fake news, all right? And persons want to know where they can get reliable information from. And, of course, you could always continue to keep it locked and tuned in to the Bahamas Radio Network, the ZNS Network, uh, through radio, TV, on 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 our app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, the ZNS app, you can go ahead and download that now. Uh, But also on the COVID side, um, the new website that's just really been issued not too long ago, covid19.gov.bs. All right. And of course, that's a website you want to go and it has lots of information. But, Doc, where else can we find reliable information on COVID 19? Because obviously, um, social media may not be the best place um, and not best practice to be able to get vital information that's coming out. So, the Ministry of Health has a website, mm-hmm. it also has a Facebook page. Um, and all of our information is placed on those platforms. Um, it's important, and sorry, um, 
Public Hospital Authority also has some information on their website, mm-hmm. and um, PAHO has, PAHO Caribbean has uh, some information as well. And most, most of those pages are tagged, so when something puts out, mm-hmm. um, so you can follow any of those pages, and when information is put out, you will have access to that updated information. Mm-hmm. And we would suggest that you remain, um, or you remain calm, yes, but also access your information from those websites, because, again, we don't want false information to um, out there causing hysteria unnecessarily. COVID-19 is not going to go anywhere. So we have to get used to how we're going to live with it moving forward, um, how we're going to be able to identify persons and have it so that they can take whatever cognizant um, approaches they need to take. Bearing in mind that 80% of persons who will become infected with COVID-19 will not have any signs or symptoms. Then they will have mm-hmm. all mild signs and symptoms and they will fully recover. Okay. The other 20% may have signs and symptoms and be a little ill. Mm-hmm. The death rate is currently, I think, at 2%. And lastly, Doc, uh, before we uh, let you go, we want to find out in the nation, um, I think a lot of persons, that they may be assured now, but of course some persons may still have thoughts on their mind. Uh, are our healthcare professionals prepared uh, for... Uh, these times. And of course, uh, we know that they have uh, rose to the occasion time and time again. Uh, but are they prepared and are they ready uh, to do what is needed in this season and this time? Yes, we are prepared. Um, and we are still in the pro- and, and, and bearing in mind when I say that, that preparation is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so to this, to this point, we have trained a significant number of mm-hmm. our staff, right. especially frontliners, with the donning and doffing, we call it, of the personal, personal protective equipment, mm-hmm. um, which are your masks, your gloves, your, your gowns, mm-hmm. um, so that, or suits, I should say, so that if they are dealing or addressing a person with either suspected or who has the case, um, they do not become infected. We also have a system in unidentified screening sites mm-hmm. where persons who are identified as being at risk or potential um, ill patients okay. are isolated immediately on arriving to the system, which is why it's important for you to call the hotline mm-hmm. and those numbers again. 242-376-9350 between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. and 242-376-9387 between 8, a- 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. And so there, there's a situation where we isolate the patient and secure them and make sure they are no longer infectious to their community. And that would mean the putting on of the mask. And so the mask wearing are for those persons who are going into the public space that have signs and symptoms of a respiratory illness. You put a mask on at that point. We thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening in. And of course, uh, we shared snippets from uh, the interview with Dr. Philip Swan, the registrar attached to the chief medical officer in the Ministry of Health. And he was featured uh, just a little bit earlier in the week on the show, Joining Hands for Health. We want to share some um, information with you before uh, we uh, end the show this evening. Uh, we want to continue, continue to drive home uh, preventing respiratory infections to remember to cover your mouth and nose uh, with tissue when coughing or sneezing, uh, to put your used tissue in the trash bin where you are when you are finished. Also, if you do not have tissue, cough, or sneeze in your elbow, not in your hands or in the air. And one thing we want to remind individuals and persons that if you cough or sneeze into your hands, you may end up spreading more germs 
on to everything that you touch, every single thing that you touch. Make sure to wash your hands with soap and clean water after you cough or sneeze, all right? And so anywhere from about 20 seconds to 30 seconds is quite adequate. And you could even go for more if uh, that floats your boat, all right? And, of course, we wanted to give you these hotline numbers once again, and the surveillance unit numbers. Uh, the hotline numbers are 376-9350 from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 376-9387 from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., and 376-9357. And for those persons who would like to speak to a medical professional, uh, they want to get advice on the symptoms that they may be feeling, something just doesn't feel right in your body. Before you rush out, uh, we want to encourage the, the listening audience not to rush out to the hospitals or the clinic, but to call uh, the surveillance unit numbers as well, 502 Four seven nine zero three nine seven one zero two one five zero two four seven three seven and five zero two four seven two nine and the Ministry of Health. You can visit their website at www.bahamas.gov.bs/health on Facebook at MOH Bahamas and of course as we share a little bit earlier in the show, COVID nineteen or covid19.gov.bs. That's covid19.gov.bs. We also want to remind you uh, that by the time we're done here at about 8.30 or so, you'll have about another half an hour uh, before the curfew starts, all right? So we want to encourage you to get off the streets. If you're on the streets now, hey, it's time to head on home and uh, try to get in before 9 p.m. And, of course, uh, we know that the... The relevant authorities are on the streets right now, and so we want to admonish you, ladies and gentlemen, to adhere uh, to the rules and the laws of the land and to be in before 9. We thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this special edition of The Youth Perspective as we continue to talk about COVID-19 and, of course, continuing to share information and education with the wider Bahamas so that we can and will get through this time. God bless, God peace, and of course be safe out there everybody. Have a great evening. Think about um, the generations and to say we want to make it a better place for our children and our children's children so that they they, they, they know it's a better world for them and think they can make it a better place. There's a place in your heart and I know that it is love and this place be much brighter than tomorrow and if you really try there's no need to cry in this place you feel there's no hurt or sorrow there are ways to get there if you care enough for the living make a little space make a better place heal the world
I hope you enjoyed another edition of the Youth Perspective. Stay tuned for more interviews, more in-depth conversation, great music as we seek to encourage, empower, impact, and uplift our youth of this nation. Here on the Youth Perspective, we'll see you next time right here on the Youth Perspective with Kashik and Jamal.